I went to a marvelous party. Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine, you first, Eric. From the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show, the Internet's first live comedy variety show, with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. Actually, there's a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, we're going to no, no. take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. <laughs> Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through the dinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the Get out of my office. It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric. Good evening, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And tonight on The Dinner Party Show, we will not be talking about venture capitalist Thomas Perkins, who penned a letter to the San Francisco Chronicle this week in which he compared taxes on the super-rich to the Holocaust. Not only will we not be discussing this specific grotesque false equivalency, we will not be discussing anyone who invokes the Holocaust to describe any event that isn't either the widespread and systematic slaughter of millions of human beings or a great and complete devastation station by fire because that's actually what a holocaust is Mm. a holocaust is not somebody with an opinion you don't like a holocaust is not a piece of legislation you didn't support or vote for a holocaust is not anything other than the widespread and systematic slaughter of millions of people or a great and complete devastation by fire brother so if you invoke the term to describe anything less than that you're not just an idiot you're a jerk and we're not talking about you testify hallelujah Also tonight, we will not be talking about the Grammy Awards. We've got nothing against them. We're wild about music, but honestly, we have no idea what the categories even are, let alone who's nominated. We wish them all the best, and we congratulate the winners and everyone who apparently got married on tonight's show. But other than that... We have nothing to contribute. Also not being discussed on tonight's show, former in-sinker Lance Bass's defense of homophobic Bachelor star Juan Pablo Galavis. Douchebags unite. Uh-huh. Even though the reality show contestant asserted a gay bachelor would be harmful to children because gay people are so much more perverted than straight people, Gross. Bass, who is openly gay, God bless us all, oh. insists that he still finds Galavis cute and blames his cultural background for his statements. Stay off our- Well, it's fine, I guess, because we're going to blame Lance's history as a boy band member for the fact that most of his public statements about homosexuality have been tone deaf and out of step. Not to mention his performances. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, we have nothing to say about the fact that there will be three responses to the upcoming State of the Union address, except to say that perhaps that fact is all the information the opposition really needs. I mean... Honestly, guys, if you can't get along with each other enough to offer a single response, maybe you need to look at your definition of what the opposition really is. We think a four-party system sounds great. We also think that Rand Paul should stop calling himself a libertarian because he's not. Also not being discussed tonight, the rising probability that your trip to the shopping mall may be accompanied by gunfire. We're not going to talk about whether we should or should not identify the shooter by name, a debate which just allows the news media to look good while they identify the shooter by name. And we won't be talking about the fact that we here at the Dinner Party Show choose not to own guns, even while some of our neighbors insist on being armed to the teeth against their mailman and the girl who broke up with them this week. Brutal. 
Mm-hmm. Other than to say being arrested for going 60 in a 35 mile an hour zone really puts the drag in drag racing, we have nothing to say except congratulations, Mr. Bieber. Now you can add pretend street racer to pretend thug and pretend artist on your resume. Maybe drag is where your real future lies. Girl. Meanwhile, bon voyage. We hear Canada is lovely this time of year. And as for everything else, it's still on the tape. It's still on the table. <laughs> Stumped me with that one on tonight's Le Table, on tonight's live cast of The Dinner Party Show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show after that 13-second promo that gave us time to clean up a little spill here in the studio. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm still Eric Shaw Quinn. You are always Eric Shaw Quinn. Live it up. Live it up, babe. So I'm very excited because one of my oldest, oldest, oldest friends, so very, very old, is Christian LeBlanc. Emmy-winning soap stud is here in the studio. He's out making trouble in the lobby with our yeah, staff. he's also a great deal of fun. He's also a great deal of fun. He's also a Louisiana boy, and we have him on video walking into our studio and saying, oh, look at these colors. It's like a bordello from the wrong side of Canal Street. <laughs> Which is exactly what we told the decorator. Absolutely. And the decorator would have been Eric Shaw that Quinn. That would be me. Or is Eric Shaw yes, Quinn. Yes, that's what I... New Orleans Whorehouse was how I described the furnishings that we were looking for for this Absolutely. particular establishment. Absolutely. And so. can I just point out that it's a year and a half later and that yellow post-it I note know. that you put on the wall to ma- that paint chip is still right next to our air conditioner. Isn't that great? Yeah, I'm actually going to buy a little gold frame and put it, hang it so that it's around the little <laughs> yellow post-it because <laughs> it's become an art installation. Absolutely. Well, I'm on Sudafed. What and are you we're on, on the radio and nobody can see anything that we're talking about. <laughs> Fortunately, somebody is filming it, so maybe at some point it'll be on we'll YouTube or some other YouTube. film place outlet. Well, as everybody who listens to The Dinner Party Show knows, we are exploring some interesting new opportunities with the show this year. One of them happened last week. I understand there was a very special we Jordan did the whole show nude. episode. We did the whole show nude and nobody noticed. <laughs> what if they did a show nude and nobody came? Oh, I didn't mean oh, to go there. God. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually had Jordan Ampersand's first um, special, and no one was killed, although that was only because I couldn't get close enough to Jordan to actually finish the job. <laughs> we have, we're going to put a little shock collar on Jordan that's in reverse so that you can't choke him without being electrocuted. That sounds like a pretty good—or maybe one of those little— those little cones like they put on dogs the to dog keep him out cones. of trouble. Absolutely. So um, also what's happening next week, we have this exciting uh, sporting event happening, and it has nothing to do with football or commercials for big event movies. My kind happen. of sporting event. It's the Finger Bowl, and it's right here on the Dinner Party Show. And we're counting on you to uh, vote for this slate of nominees. The ballot is up, and I think Shay is going to post a special version of the uh, Finger Bowl ballot, so you can vote for the finalists in Absolutely. the three big categories, which are best overall, right? Best in show or best in bowl, maybe. And uh... Best in bowl, right? <laughs> best public service announcement and product you are most likely to buy. Which, right? Given that these are completely fake satirical commercials that we wrote, I, th- I thought maybe we should have done product you're least likely to buy. But, but see, I was this outvoted. way, if you, if you uh, pick one, then we'll spend time actually developing that particular product. We, uh, and then maybe what? we'll sell it. We're well, gonna what? We're always looking for ways for to find to make some money off of this. Uh, yeah, okay. So we'll invent one of these products. Okay, I mean, why I, not? all right, sure. This is a new plan. Christopher and Eric invent things. And Christopher and Eric, who had yeah, trouble getting Jordan's the tea maker to work right? before the show Jordan started, dangerous. We're gonna invent a, a product. Okay, that's very cool. So we we got the Finger Bowl coming up next Sunday. Um, we also have a very th- exciting thing to announce. While we can't announce an air date yet. We need your questions for Armistead Mopin, who will be in the studio on Thursday to pre-record an interview because his schedule is very busy. And we want to be sure to ask him plenty of questions from our party people. He has just published The Last Tales of the City. My God! Yeah, the la- I believe the book is called it's "The like Last Days of Anna Madrigal." The whole my whole life has been slowly but surely chronicled uh, by the whole. Like when I first moved to L.A. I was like the Marianne about, you know, I was coming mm-hmm. to this city where I'd never been before, and I moved into this weird little 
uh, apartment complex with all of these interesting characters and began to explore what it meant to like obviously it wasn't San Francisco but still I felt a great equivalency mm-hmm. and every day on the bus to my temp jobs I would read another chapter or two of the tales of the city and mm-hmm. I don't know it just it always meant something to me I even selected the producers for um, that I signed to to make the movie of uh, Say Uncle With that never got made. Mm-hmm. But the reason I picked them was because they were also the producers of Tales of the City. They had done such a faithful adaptation, I felt really comfortable Excellent. choosing them. So, Excellent. yeah, very, cool. very excited. Yeah, this th- is huge. A- a- everyone who has anything to do with our show, anyone who has helped us or who has been a guest, when I tell them that Armistead Mopin's going to be in the studio, they say, is there any way you can just have me in the studio for that day? Like, I, I, will, I will clean <laughs> I up the floor. I think we're just going to drill a lot of holes in the wall from between the parking lot and here, and our <laughs> friends can stand outside and peer in, or we'll open the blinds. I guess we wouldn't. Uh, there are huge windows, so we wouldn't actually they have to. They are very, very huge windows. <laughs> I think that would really. Really, really frighten uh, Armistead. I'm being told by Shea Butters that the book is called The Days of Anna Madrigal and not The Last Days of Anna Madrigal, although I have been reading that this is the conclusion of The Tales of the City, that this is this book is the end. So we'll see. So we'll see. We see. We know That's, how those, you know, yeah. I know how that goes. Stephen King retired. Do you remember Stephen King's big retirement? He you was going to write The I, Last Dark Tower, and then that was it. And, I don't really yeah. remember that. Cher, I remember Cher retiring five Cher's or six always times retiring. for farewell tours and all of those, yeah. Yeah, I love that people that I love don't retire. Like, it's fine with me if he comes back and writes another one. I'm really okay with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you wrote a series of short stories inspired by your reading of The Tales of the City, which you just referenced, which are available on your website, on your uh, ericshawquinn.com, aren't they? (laughs) Oh! When it comes time to promote Eric, he is completely flamoxed. I thought, well, actually, there's... Two different things that I wrote that were inspired. I wasn't talking one that about was the inspired, other ones, yeah. One that was just, that was my job assignment. And then the other, yeah, it was inspired by my arrival in uh, Los Angeles. Sweets or Court, I believe it was called. Yes. Right, Sweets or Court. was yeah. inspired by my arrival in Los Angeles and very much in homage to uh, Tales of the City. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, uh, we, in the little time we have left before we're going to bring Christian LeBlanc into the studio, should we talk about looking? Oh, my God. Like... <laughs> It is the show that makes it clear that it's not a choice. (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it really is that boring. You know, I had the experience. I watched it and I thought, wow, I'm really enjoying it. And then I talked to you and I was like, I would not have enjoyed that show if I didn't think Jonathan Groff was the hottest thing on two legs. And who and the wrong person for that part. I like Jonathan, but like that's not what that guy would look like. And if that was the case, if he looked like that, he wouldn't have gotten that reception from that doctor. Right, right. Like. I just, I found it completely disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I found the whole thing a complete fraud from beginning to end and a bore. If you're going to make a show, make it about interesting people at least. Well, make one of them a serial killer or something. I know. Like, I'm going to have to sit here for half an hour, at least spark it up. But you know, and here's my feeling about shows about, dating is a terrible topic for a TV Ugh. show because it is people at their most entitled and so fear-ridden endless. and neurotic, right? And so the choice that writers and artists usually make with dating shows is to do broad comedy. So you give the characters opportunities to sort of embarrass themselves and be humbled. But that doesn't seem to be the aesthetic of the show. As some critics have pointed out, it's shot with the grim seriousness of a Dateline reenactment. It's like, (laughs) what are we watching? That's not actually my line. I'd love to take credit for it. You know, it's really fucking serious. And it's like, oh, my God, lighten up. But, you know, I hate to say it. That's sort of a San Francisco aesthetic. I think, though, that that it's also the New York. I I think it looks just like Girls. Have you ever seen that show? I have not watched Girls. It is equally, for me, it is equally as dull. Okay, I just find them both to be this group of people that I really, if they weren't on television, would never really have anything to do with. Are you going to give the show a chance? I, it's still on the uh, on the queue, so I'll probably try watching another couple of episodes. I mean, mm-hmm. it may get to be so horrible, but usually with this kind of thing, I stick with it because, like, what's the other show about gay people on this channel? Well, and that's you know? the, and right. I, frequently, right. I watched every episode of Will and Grace, even though, frankly, I felt like it was sort of the Amos and Andy of gay television programming. I 
but because it was the only show about gay people on television, so I supported it. But I, I do that. Is, I do that. Is some of the reaction to the show, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but is some of the reaction to the show fueled by the fact that you can't do a show about gay people without this incredible responsibility coming down on you to represent or to be definitive? You know, and and would they have had more luck with the show if it was just about San Francisco and they'd thrown a girl in? You know, like a straight girl or in if among it was them. Just about these people, like some of the the, the representations I've enjoyed the the best or like happy endings where the guy was just a guy who happened to be gay. Like right. it was just one of the aspects of his character. I also enjoyed the gay villainous couple on Revenge. I stopped watching the show when they killed half the couple and mm-hmm. I think made the guy straight. So it right. went away. But like it was the most interesting thing about that show to me. I like it when that's just an aspect of people's, uh, like the Huxtables, when Bill Cosby made his show years and years and years and years ago. Like, they were just a family. Like, right. the fact that they were black really didn't come up very often on that show. Right. And it was right. not what that show was about. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a more interesting approach. Right. Like, you just make the show like you're making the best television show you possibly can. And the characters are gay, but that's not our primary thing. Right, right. It's Absolutely. about making the best television show, Excellent. and I, I guess we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Well, where we are is we're going to bring you one of the commercials that's nominated for our Finger right. Bowl. And check out that ballot and vote, because we're counting on you. Absolutely, and voting will close tomorrow, so get your votes in while you can. But here is one of our nominated pieces for Best Public Service Announcement, and this is Miss Jonelle Sams with her very own edition of Best Served Warm. Love Jonelle. And now, Jonelle Sams for Best Served Warm, part of the Dinner Party Show's public service commitment. Hey, I'm Jonelle Sams, Dinner Party Show Relationship Consultant. You probably know me from my on-air homemade relationship advice column, but tonight on Best Served Warm, I'd like to take a moment to help raise your awareness of bed death. I was not aware of bed death until I overheard some of the girls from the softball team my husband coaches talking about it. I was curious, so when I got home from their annual arm wrestling and snake stomping fundraiser barbecue, I looked it up. I was living in a fool's paradise. Turns out, bed-related deaths claim the lives of most Americans. More people die in bed than anywhere else. We hear about marches for cancer and bike rides for heart attacks and dimes for birth defects, telethons for kidneys and such like, but no one is doing anything about the alarming number of people who die in bed each year. I'd like to offer a little common sense advice I got from my husband of 22 blissful years of marriage, Merle. Why not just sleep on the couch? That's what my Merle does most of the time, and he's fine. With the number of lives lost and families destroyed in bed each year, it just stands to reason that we can head off the trouble so many find between the sheets if we just stay out of the bedroom altogether. Until we know more about this silent, comfortable killer, we all just need to sleep in the den and avoid taking the risk of not knowing what's going to happen in bed. This is Joan L. Sams reminding you that avoiding bed-related death is just a lazy boy and chenille throwaway. And that's advice that's best served warm and cozy. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Welcome, welcome back oh, yeah. to the dinner party show where we're in mid-disaster. Microphones are being bumped. Hosts are getting drunk off of green. What tea is this? Are we having tea? I'm Christopher Rice, by the way. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and well, we're well. back with the dinner party show and our fabulous guest. Christian LeBlanc is yeah. here. Oh, Wait a minute. Crap. They, they told to me this some... was a Grammy warm-up party. Wait a minute. Hold on. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it, I always do that when you hit the button twice. It, See that? it silences the children. I go. I walk over to the studio every night. The I go, silent, don't silence the children. The silence of the children. Christian new from Christopher Rice this fall. The terrifying I'm here to speak book. for the children. <laughs> You're here to speak Stop for... it. Leave us alone. <laughs> the children of soap opera land, Christian LeBlanc. Yeah, that's right. You were saying that your old, old, old oldest, friend from way, way, way oldest, back. Oldest friend. Oldest friend. Let me tell a story because I love this story. We, 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 we first became friends. We met through mutual friends in Louisiana, and I was considerably younger, and the 
the age difference between us was a little bit. <laughs> and more. now it's evened out. It has a bit. <laughs> See, he it's worked even out. out. He's so such a Christian. Cow. Yes. Christian. Yeah, I was a father figure to Christopher Chris. when he was. Really John will tell you what God. you looked like uh, when I first saw you. Mon uncle. Uh, go ahead. Mon, Mon uncle. uncle Christian. Mon oh. uncle. <laughs> this is going to be an Alec Mappa kind of show. I can yeah, already tell. Good. So um, you were having a gallery opening in Washington, D.C. because aside from being a decorated award-winning soap opera actor. Was that the first time? Though? Decorated. No, no. We went to do the gallery opening because I had written. <laughs> the the Legion of Bad Guys. We had written. It's only going to take three hours to tell the story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's going to be the whole show. Soap Opera News took a picture of us posed in front of one of your pieces of art. You also wrote the forward to I wrote the, the forward the gallery. Because it was, it, you do program. very sort of enchanting, um, interesting, sophisticated, I don't want to call it children's art, but it's like a universe in which humans and animals I'm a big supporter of children. They are, it is, it is, I, it, it is no uh, downgrading of my art to call it uh, directed they, at children's. Exactly. So they <laughs> took a picture of us. And the overhand toss. Mm-hmm. Come back here, little bastard, I'll get you. And the caption on the picture said, Here is author Christopher Rice posing with Young and the Restless star Christian LeBlanc. The two have been friends since childhood. Since childhood. Which <laughs> just was just briefly, was just a bare moment ago, as, as I recall. I was, and I am actually going into my second version of childhood, really, relatively soon. Right. What's so, your rush, babe? As right? your oldest friend, I will tell you all about it. <laughs> Yay, mommy. <laughs> So that was my one story. You guys can just talk for the rest of the show. As I recall, I saw you first. Oh, dear God. Remember? I was flown into New Orleans, and I had never had the great honor of riding in a Mardi Gras parade. I was, I mean, I my family's from there. A uh, long time, Le LeBlanc, that's like Smith on the ground down there. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And had never been in a Mardi Gras parade, and they had invited us down because it's uh, The Young and the Restless, the show that I'm on, is a big show down there. And as we get out of the plane, there is a tall, very pale... (laughs) Taltos. Taltos, yes. I actually told his mom that that's where she got it from, too. Do you remember the description of the book? Such a Taltos. Don't make me digress to Taltos. All I could think Um, of. Taltos, he was standing there, and he was weighed down with beads, (laughs) and he was the official official uh, greeting committee. Were they draped over his his jug ears? They were all over, no jug ears. But (laughs) he was, I mean, it was, uh, he was just this this sweet part of the welcoming committee when we came into New Orleans, and it meant a lot to me, because I I had friends from out of town I was the celebrity liaison for the crew of Liaison, right. And that, the the bottom, the, the bottom line of that story is that I had dropped out of college, and this yes, is what other I was than this doing. later, right? right. <laughs> was draping himself with beads and hanging out at airport yeah. terminals. Well, yeah. you have to, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a higher aspiration. There College but, or greeting people at the airport for Mardi Gras. There, <laughs> there, but for the grace of God, I, I, I'm going to have to go with the crew. I will add that soon after I wrote and published my first novel, A Density of Souls, after furiously There's submitting it to a variety right of, that, yeah. of literary agents and struggling to break my way he into did. publishing, um, <laughs> he did, and it was a big thing for him to write that that forward to the uh, the program it for was. my first that was my very first art show it was a great show. and it was a great confluence of things and I actually just reprinted that in a, on a what will be the website uh, yeah. I will take that to my grave it's beautiful he really did a wonderful job and I are you still you still do the Christmas print every year right you for your I Christmas just released card. on I mean yeah. I I released it a Christmas late <laughs> but uh, it might be in June I've actually dressed up in a Santa Claus suit to deliver them I've actually been in June in the studio in a Santa Claus suit sweating. People yelling at me, "Did you lose a bet?" Right. As I'm delivering, <laughs> as I'm delivering my my gift prints to the to the startled population of CBS oh, Television City. Thank you. In a full Santa Claus suit. That's, That's great. It's all about presentation. I, but get, I just it's, I just put it online. I just released. I just put down the the next original one down at the Gene Bragg Gallery. So um right. But the, yeah. But this is something that you started by doing for your friends. You would literally draw. I would uh, do that for relatives and stuff. But yeah. I was you know starving artist in New York. I. Uh, uh, it started as, you know, I was a big fan of Winning the Willow, and it, it was always in my mind. There was a fantasy drawing, even when I was a kid, in notebook margins. The, the teachers, to their credit, did not say, stop it. They would say, huh. put that away. Beautiful. Put and, it away. And you were and in Catholic going. school, too. I was so, in Catholic school. Yeah. I had great Catholic school. I got to tell you, if it yeah. weren't for my Jesuit high school, I would not be... Anywhere near uh, an actor that I am now. Really, talk about that. What, what did you? You get know, there, I didn't have right? the. I didn't have the. Uh, I have to say, I was extremely impressed with the education I had, and Jesuit was one of those places where 
um, they took me by the hand and marched me down to my first audition for uh, really? to sing. They made me try the song out. I was incredibly shy in mm. high school. And um, and it was never planned for my profession. That was not because I desired so much to be an actor. I loved singing, and it was, and I loved music, and uh, it was a big thing. And I went down there, and I had their support. I worked, I had scholarships. So I worked after school, so I got to know these guys pretty well. And and it was through their support. Uh, I got to tell you that um, I got any kind of chutzpah at all about who I was as a person, even wow. at that early, early age. Yeah, so I mean, uh, that got me. It got me singing. It was my first yeah, where I, I sat it. there. And I used... was tricked into my first musical audition yeah. as well. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, Sometimes and it's been going on yeah. ever since. Right? Life is a big One musical day. audition for Eric Shawquan. Big musical audition, pretty can, much ever who since. Who can yeah. pass up a big entrance? Right? Right? right. Anytime a big double door opens, I'm game. Absolutely. Right? Spin through and kick it shut, babe. Right? Totally. <laughs> what, did, what did your friend say of you once, Eric, that you walk into a room like you're walking out of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Eric always walks in like he's yeah, walking totally. out. Is that like when they tell me that my silences are the best part of my acting? <laughs> because I get that a lot. The other one I get is I don't know if you love her, Christian, or that you're going to kill her, and you'll have to be more specific. <laughs> right? Is yeah. that from the director? That is from the director. Yeah, uh, that's just yeah. not an arbitrary thing. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, because that's, remember, Young and the Restless was my first bad guy role. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I really out, like, yeah. Mike, Michael has Pretty kind dark. of gotten to be a good guy these days. It was the love of a good woman. Day, love of a good woman did it to me. It's really, like, I, I was thinking about that today as I was looking over sort of Michael's history. Like, what an interesting a process for an actor because it it almost transcends acting you have evolved along with this character i mean he was terrible he was sexually harassing people murdered somebody went to prison I had to do, terrible I had terrible to, man yeah, i had to do the hard well, for me, does uh, that inform today's Michael? I mean, is yes. that a part of? Like, I was thinking, does Lauren consider? Does Tracy consider PTSD? She was buried Listen. alive for practically an well, entire. Well, she wasn't the season. one I sexually arrest, but uh, I mean, she's she's coming from a pretty dark place too. What I will say, and what I love, it's a perfect segue because I was just talking about this. I was uh, I'm in class, <laughs> so don't worry, everybody. I'm <laughs> I'm in acting class. So whatever happened, it can it can be fixed. We'll fix this. Um, but I was sitting there, and we were just—I was making up a class, and the teacher was there, and it's all a very intimate situation. And uh, and I was talking about what I do, and you know, there are people in movies, there are people in all all different aspects of the the uh, you know profession in this class. And I went, well, what's great about what you've taught me today, and there was a very is that I get to live this character in real life. I've been this character for some twenty right. years, so me and it and it and it. And it affects every step of the process. We have different fans. We have different viewers. Mm-hmm. That I get to live this character in real life. So when I talk to Christine, the actress Laura Lee Bell, uh-huh. I talk to someone who I've known for 20 years. Right. Right. Who has literally gone through everything day in and day out. And the watcher, it's such. A, this is the only yeah. medium you can say this about. Right. The watcher has gone day through day as they've gotten older. I've gotten older with them. Right. As we have grown up and gotten married and had children, I have gotten married and have children on the show. We know each other that intimately. Right. And it's you not get backstory. It's a real it story. It is not backstory. It's actually so happened in real time. When we get something in a movie where you have an end and a middle, you mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, my character can't do. How do I get to the end if you get right. my character there? When I get something that comes down the chute. I'm like, mm-hmm. really? I do a spot-on? This actually happened. I do a spot-on Inspector Clouseau imitation. How does that reference the attempted rapist in my head? I could wow. complain about it, but you go, you know, my, uh, the, you know, I can only say my, my method is yes. 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 Right, right. Yes, the, the I improv will rule, right? do an ima- Yeah, don't yeah. negate Don't anything. negate anything, and don't it shoot it and down. Not, I wouldn't say it's not everybody. It can't in every medium. But this, because it's your life, and I'm a true believer that any of us, given this, the proper circumstances, are capable of everything. So don't right. judge anybody. Right. Excellent. And, and this is what I'm given as a gift that I get to do. That it, It's a very rare thing, and, and, and this is one of the mediums that gets to do it. It's the most amazing performance Excellent. art you'll ever have. Excellent. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Derek Shaw Quinn. Our guest is Emmy Award winning old friend of mine, Christian old, LeBlanc. Old, old and because friend, we're Christian all Louisiana LeBlanc. boys, we're going to take a little break for a familiar piece of music to us Yee-haw! and hopefully to you too. Here Pete Fountain with When the Saints Go Marching In. Yeah. 
You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's dish. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And our guest this evening is Emmy Award winning old friend of mine, Christian LeBlanc. He won an Emmy for being Christopher's friend. Who knew that was a category? I did. Cost I me a lot of been, money. I haven't even been nominated. Yeah. Well, That's so unfair. Better luck next year, Eric Shaw Quinn. <sighs> We're still mean. waiting for the cash prize of I'm that. The Susan Lucci of Friendship Emmys. <laughs> you know, we didn't um, introduce you because we're just assuming your fans are so rabid. <laughs> They're so rabid. Yeah, but that's what they tell me they don't introduce me for. You know, they just... <laughs> is that Christian? That's that's a Christian LeBlanc. I recognize his voice anywhere. Um, you were talking some about this, but I'm always fascinated with the fact that your fans are with you five days a week. Yeah. You know, you may not always be on the show because it's such a large right. cast and you guys rotate in and out, right. but that's an unbelievable connection to have Over years audience. and years. they got to know yeah. this is, I mean, I, again, I can only say when I'm talking to, you know, friends, you know, you've been in the, we've all been in the business long enough that we have friends doing all sorts of things in right. theater and, and prime time, and, and I talk to uh, my friend Lyndon is uh, the father on Teen Wolf, and we'll sit there and talk about different aspects of the business and how it is, especially the acting, because it, it really does fascinate me. I still have that outsider's viewpoint, because, you know, I wasn't, I was medicine in, in university, and, and right. we all came upon our our, our uh, occupations in this room the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew we were going to yeah, end up waiting here? Yeah, waiting on a lot of strange street corners before we ended up here. <laughs> but, uh, right? A circuitous path. So Let's it, just so go it, with that. But, but I, it does give us an outsider's view of these things. I mean, right, I yeah. still have that outside looking in as I watch people uh, deal with the business. And it it, it is fascinating to me um, that we have this – we are the number one show in New Orleans. When I went – we are – we out because of you. time shows. Because right. of you. Because Simois. every time you're within 10 miles of the city, you end up on the WWLI I, we, News yeah, Morning I, uh, Show. I own the WWLI. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do. Christopher and I can watch <laughs> – I know you. Yeah, I mean, you guys too. But yeah. it's it, it, they're it, still they are, talking about. But it. because mm-hmm. we all could be related in that town, yes. and there is no point in Louisiana to be rude to another Louisianian, because truly there is only a secondary of cousinhood that's probably yes. existing. We're all cousins. Very true. Some, so if you yes. don't want your taunt angry at you, yeah, you know, better suck it up and be nice. Absolutely. So uh-huh. yeah, but we're yeah, but, but we've been on. I was going to say forty years. We've been on forty years. These mm-hmm. people have known Jeannie Cooper, who just passed, who oh, was a, a great friend Such and a, a, and a great fan of New Orleans. I mean, she and Chris Owens were were a buddy buddy. I got to oh, tell really? you, she's been in the big house on, in the French Quarter. Wow. Um, to 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 have that relationship go on for that long, and it really is. And and, and I've held uh, after Katrina just. Just under bizarre moments, and and that that relationship between an actor and or any celebrity and their and their the people who follow them and who support them and give them their living, is always uh, special. But I've I've had people who have had a, several degrees of connection to me, where it's a fan, and then it's from New Orleans, and it's post Katrina, mm. and we've I've stood there in a Walmart in. Vegas, I think it was, and a woman just sobbed in my arms because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she just knew that I was from New Orleans and she was from New Orleans and she was in Vegas as a refugee, and there was an intimacy that she felt because of knowing me over the thirty years. Because I've been in her years? living room and I watched, yeah. and the best stories I hear are mothers, grandmothers, and children, uh, and the daughters, or the sons. And by the way, the, the the men in New Orleans are shameless about loving the show too. It's one of those places where you really, it's fascinating to see that you you know St. Louis, New Orleans, Canada, that it's so pervasive that uh, it's, it, it's not abroad. the typical audience that you kind of take for granted that's watching the show. You also have a huge European audience, huge right? number one in France. That's you're all a, I you're a prime time show in France. Is that in correct? In France, I'm not quite sure what time we're on in France. Uh, I'm always adding and subtracting time, numbers, but... but I mean we are we are the number one. We, Show and yeah. uh, TF1, which is the uh, the French station that carries us, is is uh, brilliant there. So you, uh, I started learning French, is why my yeah. I will at the drop of a hat because I came to it late. Even mm-hmm. though it's part of our culture, I didn't take it. I took Russian for science, and uh, so when people come yelling at me in Paris, I can yell right back to them, and and, <laughs> and uh, they might not understand it, but it's good stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. the one thing I am is shameless about throwing the bad French out at people. 
Well, you have to connect with your audience, even if you, you know. Yeah, offend them, yeah, which is... <laughs> even if you say you are. Right. Ich bin ein Berliner actually means I'm a jelly donut, I believe. I thought it was I'm a hot dog. Does well, this... if you're going to talk about pastries, Berlin and Vienna are places that you can go ahead and say that and win a huge following. They still cheered. <laughs> yes. They still cheered, but I think I, it doesn't I just know mean Mitch, I'm from Berlin. Just top it with Mitch Schlag, which is... <laughs> Which is with whipped cream, and you you're on top of it. Yeah, I would cheer for whipped cream pretty much at the drop. Eric Braden, who's Victor Numenor show, is a huge. You got you has he's inherited the whole German pastry lovers uh, da- doom by chocolate uh, thing. He's you know, we got to get on television so people send us stuff. You know, like we the, the, the TV people, they get gifts, they get donuts in the we mail. We get stuff. We we have some party people who send us some lovely things. We got lovely Christmas cards from Samiko Salson and Buffy Peterson. But I want donuts. something that doesn't set off a steal. <laughs> I haven't given you yours yet. That's why say, you're making my face. They're at my see, house, Eric. I haven't seen any of these I went, things. I had Buffy's card for you in my card. Thanks, that's, Buffy. Thanks but, um, so much. I have to tell. I don't mean to make things dark, but that's what I do in, in my family. <laughs> that's what we yeah. do. Well, Debbie Downer, we, what did you Irish, do now? The Irish, Irish guy crepe. hangs You know what? It's, it, it's, it's, yeah, I'm barren. The, the I'm only, so sorry. I don't know if you all have forgotten, because I haven't reminded you enough, but I am Anne Rice's son. Yeah. And I have some, Who? I have listening? Hi, Anne. Wrote like Twilight. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. She okay. I have never outside of let's say a celebrity appearance. The only time I ever got afraid when I because I was with someone who was getting mopped was with you. And it was we really? were a group of us were hanging out on Hollywood Boulevard and a bunch of tourists recognized you. And we just had to leave because it was. You are great with your fans. This is not about you being difficult. You, I know you're very you easy. ran one way and I ran right but to we, them, we, right? We all, yeah, no, we, no, you were like, we gotta go, we gotta go, because it was like it spread throughout, and I, it was the first time I experienced that soap opera connection that they have, because mm-hmm. it is stronger than somebody on a primetime show that has a twenty episode season or maybe got canceled after one or two seasons. It, it is like you're saying they have been with you for it was four like years. Sally Field well, at the Paramount There's yeah. a real there, intimacy. Where, whereas if you're if you're Tom Cruise, I've seen this too. I've been with people who are like movies and people. Will hang back a little, and not so uh, unless you're just Justin Bieber or someone like that. They're just yeah. like they're they're, they're just people on feel, you. I have a friend who, uh, I, old friend John Wesley Ship was mm-hmm. on. I'm going to say it the was John the Wesley Guiding Ship. Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A million years ago, like when he was a teenager. He hasn't been a teenager for several years now. Oh, right? we're quite back a number. To age. Back and to people, age. It's and people bitch will of a literally mistress. call out the name of his character. I think it was Tracy. Yeah. Hi, Tracy. They will. They'll holler to him um, at, at the strangest places and yeah, not, yeah. yeah, not, you know, housewives. But John was a big character. I mean, grown, they grown don't forget. People, people who've remembered, they've stayed with him. All people the, don't forget. It, it is that familiarity. It's yeah. like, I, I would expect the only other equivalent I could think of would be like the evening news people. It is, that I mean. That sort of regularity. That, John, but, John like, Williams is in my living right. room and like, every night. Like the evening news, there's not a lot in between you and them. Like, it's a very intimate technically, as, as a medium technically, I mean. Right. It's very intimate. It's as close to theater in your living room as you're going to get. You know, and I think, I remember having a conversation with yeah. Greg Rickard, who plays your son. Um, your son, years my ago. brother. Your yeah, brother, excuse me. Uh, and he said that he met an agent when he first started on the show who said, Soap operas are all I watch when I'm looking for new talent because they are all about the actors. They are actors' pieces. They are close-ups on yeah. those actors. It is like a lab for good actors. And oh, you really it's a big conf- thing. And yeah. a lot of a lot of today's really big film yeah. and, and stars in prime time came up Started in that up. way. We well, got to know we you don't know, have CGI. We don't have wave. we don't have those things that you want to throw in. We don't. That's not what we do best. We you will see shows attempt. Uh, a reach, you know. You can right. go and shoot in Paris, but Paris honestly has been shot by the best, and yeah. you're going to be compared to that. It's but what we cotton. do have is great storytelling at right. its best. You have great storytelling about relationships because they're cheaper to shoot, right? And and it's what it never grows old. It's, I mean, you will have the boy meets girl. Boy falls in love. Boy mm-hmm. and girl split up. You can hear that. It's gone on since Greek tragedies. But you will always make it new again because it's a part of the human condition. Right. And, and at its best, yeah. any theater, any drama is exactly. part of that. And but the actor has to deliver Five it. days yeah. a week. There's no fixing it's it like in a, post. It's a rep company. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a rep company. And this, yeah. these days, you're, you've got one take and you're lucky, very rarely a second take. So you're doing live theater what you, and you're taught to make – you learn to make strong choices. Right. 
jump into it, let it fly. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Well, we have a question from one of our party people who may have come to us via you on our Facebook page. I will submit my own questions. I I will tell you. (laughs) (laughs) We have a question from your publicist. Why are you so so damned handsome, Christian? (laughs) How do you do it? Jennifer Wall Bermudez, I hope I pronounced your name correctly, asks who you prefer more, Bad Michael or Upstanding Citizen I was absolutely going to ask the same question. Great question, Bermudez is a very New Orleans uh, Orleans name. Is it more fun to play a villain or a good guy? Uh, gosh, that's a, such an individual, uh, and and it always depends on the character. And, and I think the best, if you're doing it right, you are you are coming up with somebody who's neither good or bad, but a human character. Yeah. And that is the great trap of playing something for a long time. Or I find it a, a great, a great strange, a great strangeness when an actor comes in and and I have it. I hear the pull of it. Then when you want to be good, you try to make your character good. Mine was always. It's deeply disturbing when I think about it. But mine almost always to pull <laughs> pull the character dark right. because um, I have such a reaction to triacle and, and sweetness. Um, and I find it doesn't – to me it lands on firmer ground when I have something that's a little bit more confusing and a little more gray area. And I think right. the it's only people – people the only people really – because I came in playing – Pretty deep end kind of stuff. Right. Uh, there wasn't anything on the page that made you particularly like Michael Baldwin, and I think there has to be something, whether you, it's the physical mechanics of it, your, the the person itself, the face that someone has to like to continue watching something for a long time, even if it's just the the great fun somebody has with evil. And I think the great thing about Michael is that he was. I always played him as in love. He was in love with Christine. There was nothing violent about it it was upsetting when she you know i mean it was there's right. something so i mean and and once the great thing about michael's character i believe it's one of the most well-written characters on the show is that once you have and it's a very it's the heart of drama once you've turned that page once you've had that darkness played and no matter how long you're in love or you're 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 never you're act not you, you as long as you are quote unquote a good guy mm-hmm. the audience still you can always play things. I'm a lawyer. I can play right. a son of a bitch anytime I want. I right. understand. You always threaten to turn that page back, and the yeah. audience will be threatened with you. And the right. source of that tension is the source of the drama in there. Be- what will make Michael crack and go back to his? And I'm asked that all the time, but- even when I'm being my sweetest. Because let our listeners know that you're, the defining characteristic of your character for years was that you tried to rape Cricket, who was yes. the darling sweetheart of the show. And you the went to jail for it on the show. Three years of theater yeah. slash actor jail. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was I was off the show, and Bill Bell uh, said it was because uh, in those days uh, it was he was as reality based as he could be. Uh, the 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 viewers would not buy me. Yeah, just yeah. going to going to uh, you know therapy for a few days and coming back to the show. Right. I when they played bad, said bad, I went, I went for it. You know, I had a ball. Yeah, but for three years, and then he did call. Surprisingly enough, he he kept Good for his, him. And he called back, and I, I said no once, which is always lovely to do. I was I was committed to a play, and then said yes, and I was grateful to have it. And uh, it's been since 96 now. Yeah. Straight so through. when you talk about turning the page back, that's what you're talking about turning it back to. And all the loyal fans of the show who have yes. been watching you right along know that you're still the guy who tried to rape Cricket. Someone who has mental – I mean, because that's how mental health is. You don't yeah. – you never – it's like alcoholism. You don't re- – you're not cured, right? You're right. never a you're never a mint new person. You're somebody who's developed some kind of process to deal with your problem, and that process can and probably does break down under certain stresses. Yes, but that's what makes it. That's what we were talking about earlier. That's what makes it such a rich experience as an actor because there is that kind of depth to who. They, yeah. It's not just something that some of the characters mentioned in the first act that had happened twenty years earlier. It really did. Oh, mm-hmm. and a lot of characters in the show are written. This good per they from from the get go and it's very hard for the for the viewer to let them be other than that character yeah. and and the writers have a very reticence of of doing that and it's up to the the actor to kind of lead them by the way if you if you've got the the the, the chutzpah to try it but it's one of those wonderful things is that they gave me a wife that's kind of dark herself she was no uh, and they fell in love as adults going in wide eyed fully knowing that the other was a little bit nuts right mm-hmm. and so you had this whole different relationship that wasn't just the ingenue and the hero falling in love yeah, and happily ever after. Shot you at every now and then. I get a tick. Wow. 
Lee Tucker would like to know. I assume you're speaking of Tracy Bregman. Who, Tracy uh, Bregman. You, yes. Lee says you have incredible chemistry together on TV. How long have you been friends? This is an awkward question if you guys aren't friends. Tra- Tracy and I are good friends. <laughs> oh, thank God. You can't. I mean, again, we've been. It would be interesting. You hear about those people. I have not been in the position I've where the person that I've had to be a lovers or otherwise intimately involved with on the show, and I don't get along. I've never been in that. I've heard of you always hear about Deborah Winger in, in Officer and a Gentleman, and, and I don't know if that's true or not. I don't or know how that works. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Her trip I, to know, the I grocery store. <laughs> she was very difficult. I do not know her, and I will tell you right now that I believe nothing that's in the press. But I have until never I know heard anybody someone. say a nice thing about yeah. her. No, I never. Yeah. But I mean, again, I've never been in that position. But she may be great. I'm now. Well, you know, if I, uh, I think she's amazing as an actress, yeah. and I would work really hard not to, to make be, it to, work. To make it right. work because make it work with that's, Deborah Winger. That's my bread and butter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, but Tracy, Tracy. Tracy is amazing. Uh, she goes back to the old saying about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers that uh, Ginger Rogers did it all backwards and in high heels. Right. So I mean, it's up to the woman to make you. Uh, the the hot guy, the guy who uh, the audience falls in love with because they see you through her eyes. And uh, and she does that for me. And we've uh, and there's also weirdly, we've always had the the ease uh, physically because it's 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 a it's it can be very jarring to be thrown into situations where you're jumping into bed with somebody you don't have never seen before that day. Right, right. And yeah, she is someone that. where they yell cut and we'll be sitting at a table talking and I mean, oh no Kristoff one of the other actors on the show would come up and go y'all are still holding hands what are you doing and we don't even realize right. we're still doing that but we've been doing this we've been married on the show for five years um, and yeah it's it's like a couple but you know what. All of us. It's it's one of those great crews that you have each other's back, and that's right. the best thing. Well, D. McBridge would like to know if Lauren and Michael will ever get to find some time for a real love scene. It sounds like you've had plenty. And will we ever <laughs> see the end of the bartender? Poor bartender. The that bartender. Marco Dapper is the best. Uh, he plays the bartender who, sp- who uh, almost split up our marriage. It was the first Whoa. trouble I've ever had. And you know what's interesting enough is that was the first time in all these years. I've been in the business 30 years. That I've ever played uh, the subject of infidelity. My wife Whoa. cheated on me, and you'd think you'd play that every other week. And I do know yeah. actors who've had right. to. I've never had to play that. And Tracy and I are, have known each other so long as as being in love that we had to say things that in the dressing room we were just horrified. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're weeping, and you didn't do it on stage because it wasn't appropriate to the scene. But you're just like, this is just yeah horrible. And it's yeah. the writing. Ugh. Josh Griffith had written us such a real. You're saying adult. Hurtful things, like yeah. yeah, When you're mad, I can't get out of my head. You in his bed. He knows what you look like. Wow. You know, it's that kind of stuff that just it gives me chills now. And you know, it was great stuff. But yeah, the bartender, the bartender has has a bit of a run still to go. Yeah. So brace yourself. Yep. Our party person, Mike Martinez, would like to know if you've ever gotten a script with a change in your storyline or someone else's storyline, and just yelled, "No way in hell is this anywhere close to my character." He even gave you dialogue. Oh, grand. I love. I that. like that's well, right. that's probably one of our script. That's probably one of our script right? writers Turkey incognito. Uh, no, uh, I, I again, my first impulse, like anyone else, is like, "What the hey!" But again, and I got something as extreme as they didn't know I could do an Inspector Clouseau imitation. I'm supposed to do that. That is not my dog. Uh, that whole story right there. I have uh, to say, I would have thought. And I you did could. it. Yeah, I would have I, thought you could too. But it's one of those things where why not? You have this kind of darkly. Serious, uh, and they they gave me OCD one. I mean, one time they and I keep it. They don't ever notice it, but they gave Michael started cleaning when he got upset. I thought, are you really? There goes my hunk image out the window. Wait, but uh, then I thought, hold on, this is brilliant. I took out. I had them put cleaning product on the set anytime I'd be. I'd sit there talking to people as I'm trying to scrape something off the coffee uh-huh. table. But it's great. There was a great another kind of. Well, that's the kind right. of juicy stuff that you get to play and with. And it's forever. Yeah, we put the lotion in the basket. Whoa, there we go. Have you ever right. seen that book, The Real Mommy Porn? And it's a, it's a husband right, in an right, apron right. saying, would you like me to do the dishes, dear? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, they love that stuff. So our party people, Ann, Sharon Haas, and Todd Barcelo, are asking for a soap opera segment on TDPS. I'm not sure what that would entail. This is the soap opera segment on recaps, TDPS. Yeah. No, I you have to come on every week. No, I think that the suggestion is we come up with our, yes, we do our own little shows, like As the Stomach Turns used to be right. the Carol Burnett one. 
one. Carol right. Burnett, right. right? We should come up with that's a great. Well, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's but a good idea. You, you I'll know, get on we that. We don't really, we don't make fun of stuff here on the dinner party show. We try to be really serious. We're very we... serious. <laughs> <laughs> you like think everything the is Jordan so funny. Okay, let's shift gears. Ed Edwin Evans would like to know because you love New Orleans and you're from New Orleans, as am I. Mm-hmm. What three places should a tourist visit while he or she is in town? Oh. Apparently, Edwin believes that he's and she's will want to visit the same place. Well, well, how not? Gosh, that's Maybe. a hard. Well, how to narrow that, that down to three places? Yeah, New Orleans. Well, it has to be. It has to be Jackson Square. You have to go sit there. Yeah, I would go to Cafe Du Monde on an early, early as I could possibly stand it on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. and sit there and have the coffee and beignets as you would just watch the French Quarter wake up. And on, yeah. a, on a weekday, not on a weekend when it would be busy. Wake up or crawl home. Because well, part of way, the French Quarter will be waking it, up and the other part will be crawling and home. And that's the joy of it. You'll yes. just sit there and you could be the people crawling home. I I, I, I just did that. I have, I have cousins <laughs> who've reached a cool age and I had not done the French Quarter like that in a long time. And yeah. there I was at three in the morning going, oh, you losers, yeah. get up 20-something. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you and then you're walking through the quarter and and that beautiful sun comes up and you're like wow and and yeah. it's it's one of it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world I, I would say that and um one of them has to be a dining place, but gosh. Uh, th- that's impossible to answer because yeah. they, there are so many new restaurants all the time. I mean, There's a the third institutional there places, was before the hurricane. But I always say Dick and Jenny's because I, I, that's yeah. my favorite yeah. place. And, and then they don't take reservations, and yeah. it's casual, and the menu shifts, so you can't recommend a specific dish. But I had the best meal of my life was at Dick and Jenny's. Yeah, and then there's the whole, like, sit down and eat a nice meal in New Orleans thing. And then there's the, you know, the hole-in-the-wall yeah, there's two. Oyster there's two. Boy I got to tell you, like R and O's on the lake where they where they just fry anything that oh, yeah. that wanders by, and like then Galatoire's where you're sitting there, and it is probably the most stunning food ever. New Orleans yeah. confession: I have never been to Galatoire's. I went, you know, when we shot on location. I had never been that I can remember, except when I was on somebody else's dime, yeah. of course. And our producer Maria Bell took us there, and it was probably the most amazing dining. Experience. You have to wait in line, isn't that correct? No, we went in. It is notorious. Not, a, not if you're with Maria they Bell. Well, no, even Anne Rice was going to have to wait in line. That's even, why we never went. No, even <laughs> then, even then, you weren't at the best table. It is does cater to the locals who go there all the time. Yeah. Right. Remember, and they will. I love this about New Orleans. They will try and fire a waiter, and the city will go up in arms <laughs> about them firing their. Face. It is. It is that kind of. I, you can go to Cafe Adelaide at the Lowe's Hotel, Antoine. and you've it got. Will be dinner without Antoine. Oh, Antoine's has this great bar that you can just walk in now, and it, and and uh, you know because a lot of them have their lunch special and stuff like that so I've and they're huge fans so I go in there and then we get taken into the kitchen because I love doing that tour of the kitchen and everything uh-huh. else like that and yeah. getting their dishware but I mean I can't find the, the, what's Excellent. the third place real quick I, the third uh, place? The, the, I, I say the fly I say take the streetcar the, the St. Charles Avenue streetcar down St. Charles get off at right. Ottoman Park and walk up behind the zoo and look at the fly, and that's a great vantage Or ride the streetcar, something simple yeah, like that, too. See the sights, ride Absolutely. the streetcar. Christian LeBlanc, it's been wonderful to finally, finally it's get you on our over. radio show. We have been talking about this We're going to let you go eat in New Orleans now. Yes, man. Yes, sir. Uh, wow. But it's been wonderful having you, and I know you're going to come back. Anytime. I had a ball. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for coming. Eric and I will be back with you very shortly, but for now we have another ad that's competing in our finger bowl. This is a movie trailer for a little independent film called A European Woman. Uh, Really? From Sony Pictures Classics, Focus features The Weinstein Company and Proton Street Films comes the critically acclaimed award-winning first film from director Bernays Patel. A film which received honorable mentions at the Nantucket, Naugatuck, and Northumberland Film Festivals. A film that has now been given an almost incomprehensible trailer. I don't know why I'm riding this bus, but I feel compelled to stare out the window and to reflect on my great disillusionment. Look, children playing. Are they mine? In a country that might be France, or possibly some Eastern European nation decimated by the Cold War, which may or may not have something to do with this story, a beautiful woman who wears no makeup but owns many tasteful scarves has come to question everything she believes in. I am a doctor, but I I don't believe in medicine. I am a woman, but I don't believe in menstruation. 
There is a man in her life somewhere. He is handsome and smiles right now very briefly in this shot, but you aren't quite sure who he is, and given the rapid cut back to the main character riding a bus, it's clear you won't be given any more information. Probably because this is a foreign film being marketed by one overworked publicist who graduated from Sarah Lawrence just last year. And now, more piano. This fall, possibly, or maybe later this year, comes a European woman starring a new, possibly French actress every fashion magazine will be shoving down your throat in just a few months. Richard Baxter of Movie Magazine hails a European woman as rapturous. Never before has a woman riding a Spartan European inner city bus and gazing out the window as she reflects on we're not quite sure what seemed so ripe with meaning and emotion. The only thing better would be if she went on a long bike ride at some point, and she does several times. I am tired of this bike. We are at the beach now. I'm smiling but not laughing like the others. Who are these people? The trailer has not made this clear. Are they my children? I don't remember having children. Children upset me. I'm so beautiful. Why isn't everyone doing exactly what I want? Stop, everyone. It's time for me to play the piano. This fall, possibly, at that small local art house theater that's a long cab ride from home, the one you only go to when you're trying to impress a date with a master's degree, comes a European woman. We're not going to tell you what it's about because we're not quite sure anyone knows. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And we are cleaning up the studio after Young and the Restless star Christian LeBlanc just made a mess of the place. Yeah, he really was like, completely out of control. Jeannie Cooper described him in her memoir as a, I, I think, a cross between a six-year-old and someone who's had a lot of coffee. I know I'm getting it wrong. Or a six-year-old who's had a lot of coffee. I would say a rather brilliant, talented six-year-old. Yeah, given who's, had that, yeah uh, who's had a yeah. lot of coffee. Yeah, now Christian is, I, I particularly like going to formal places with Christian because I'm probably not going to be the worst behaved this time. <laughs> It's one of the it's one of the rare occasions when I'm not the worst behaved at the formal occasion. I love that about Christian. Oh, and I just sit in the corner like somebody's uptight cousin from out of town. <laughs> uh, we have breaking dinner party show news. We have up to fourteen thousand and twenty five likes on Facebook. They like us. They really like us. Excellent, excellent. And Facebook, as always, is where people interact with us. We should talk about our party line some because nobody has called it yet, except for one gentleman who left quite an interesting really message. Yes, I haven't heard. One that. gentleman was quite taken with a little sketch we did called "Let's See How Much of Christopher, How Much of His Mother's Porn Christopher Can Read." The answer is not very much. More than one gentleman was taken with that. He's what, just the only one who called about He it. called in and read the remainder of the page that I would not read oh, into our voicemail, which that's was very hot. interesting. So good that for was him. Good. So we invite you to call in and leave messages. And just so you know, if you do call in and leave a message, you're giving us permission to use your voice on the air, which might be why nobody's calling. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it. Sounds um, like a warning, but it's better than, you know, getting sued later when we use their I, voice and we didn't warn them. All about the disclaimer. And you can, it's still not too late to vote for the finger balls. The nominees, right. the ballots are posted all over that Facebook page. So we should have at least 14,025 votes for each, each of the categories, <laughs> Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Our survey does not work on mobile phones. So you need to vote from your computer. And if you don't have a computer, how are you listening to our show? Is right. Well, I they could be you? listening on I their phone because our, there's phone. a free app for yeah. listening to the show Absolutely. on the phone, which I'm sure Skip will tell you about later. I'm sure. You know, there, there, we reached a point, I think, 
midway through our first year where it felt like our entire show was a series of technical announcements, and we were finally like, you know I what? Still some think of we this stuff, make like a '50s hygiene training <laughs> film of how to listen to our show. It's like some of this stuff. So you want to listen to the radio? You just gotta let some people figure out shit on their own, because you know we got plenty of stuff to talk about. We got stupid TV shows we've watched, not The Young and the Restless, which is a great soap opera, but we have Looking, which we were not fans of. We need to talk about. But that. we're still watching it. True Detective is going to make us try to kill ourselves. Oh my every god, week, that is I the haven't bleakest seen the show ever. Oh my one. god, it just oh gets bleaker god. and bleaker every week, and I can't stop. Absolutely, it's unstoppable. The depression on True Detective. I'd like to say between his Golden Globes acceptance speech and the speech he oh. made during True Detective, Michael McConaughey gave America two reasons. His to name kill is themselves. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> you call him McConaughey. Yes, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Doing the show on Sudafed is interesting. Has it been okay for you? Have you been able to get anything? <laughs> yeah, in? maybe that's a question rather than <laughs> is doing the is show doing on Sudafed. Show on Sudafed, interesting. <laughs> Interesting. We have one minute left in the dinner party show tonight. Well, this has been quite an experience. I It was a long time coming. We were trying to get Christian on the show for a good while now, but he's a very busy man. He travels right? all over to public appearances throughout the country. And he's in he New Orleans all the time. five days a week. I know. Plenty it's... of work. I, he has to get up. I think they, we didn't ask, but I think they get up really early and start. The, it, it's it's like, I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but it's like a factory. They're, they, they have the sets are all in one single row, and they can schedule shooting like all day long because they yeah. have so many cast members and they can, you know, it's they can sort of show. level them all in in the course of a day. Anyway, it's fascinating and it's uh, still going strong even as other soap operas Maybe have sort I of receded. Soap opera. We're going to put you on your own soap opera. You are actually one of the stars of the Jordan Ampersand Experience, which debuted last week. Right. And is now available for download in our show archive and on iTunes. I survived the Jordan Ampersand Experience. And next Sunday. My t shirts in the mail, oh, as I understand. Oh, it. you're getting a lot more than a t shirt. Oh, I think they signed you to a regular contract. Uh, Friend. You better be. Uh-oh. You better be ready to have Jordan over at your apartment building a whole bunch. Oh dear. Yeah, indeed. Something to look forward to. Next Sunday is the Finger Bowl. We'll be back to announce the results of the of our survey of our ballot, whatever we're calling it right now. The ballot. Absolutely. So vote, vote, vote. Uh, vote the ballot now and closes often. tomorrow, and uh, yeah, that's pretty good. And and also submit your questions for Armistead Mopen. We'll be recording an interview with him this week to air very shortly yeah. thereafter, and we'll announce the date. So post them soon. Absolutely. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And this has been another episode of The Dinner Party Show. Thanks for listening.